0: Head to nextreel.com slash merch.
1: Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today.
0: And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got
1: lots more great movie chats coming your way. We wanted to take a moment to thank you for your continued support over the years. It's hard to believe that we've been having weekly in-depth discussions about movies since 2011.
0: That's right. Twelve years and counting. Producing this show is a labor of love for us, but it does require a lot of time and effort each week.
1: If you enjoy our podcast and would love to help keep it going, there are some easy ways you can show your support. One is by using our Originals page to shop for the original source material that movies we've discussed were based on.
0: That's right. In season one alone, we covered 13 films adapted from books or plays, from Charlie Kaufman's adaptation to David Fincher adaptations like Fight Club.
1: In season two, we covered even more, like Powell and Pressburger's The Red Shoes and The African Queen from our series about legendary cinematographer Jack Cardiff.
0: We can't forget about the four Jason Bourne movies we talked about. Love those movies. Well, the original trilogy, at least.
1: (laughs) For our Richard D. Zanuck series, we did Jaws, Rush, Big Fish, and more. And for our horror series, we talked about John Carpenter's The Thing, which was adapted from Who Goes There?
0: We did our first great car chase series with movies like Bullet, The French Connection, and Drive. And for the holidays, we did Preston Sturgis' Christmas in July.
1: We had a great John Huston series with adaptations like The Maltese Falcon and The Treasure of the Sierra Madre.
0: And for our baseball series, Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Have I told you lately how much I love that movie?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think you have. Plus, our Magician series and Heist film series had adaptations as well.
0: Tons of page-to-screen gems. Listeners can find the details and links to the original material at the slash originals. Every book, play, or movie you buy through our links helps support the show, and it's no extra cost to you.
1: So dive in and get your next read today. the slash originals has all the films adapted from other sources that not only we have covered, but all of the shows on the Next Real family of podcasts. Check it out and get reading.
0: Support the show and build your reading list. It's a win-win. Head to thenextreel.com slash originals. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Andy Nelson. Welcome to The Next Reel. When the movie ends, our conversation begins. In just a matter of seconds, you're going to hear a classic episode
1: of this show from back in the day when we called ourselves Movies We Like.
0: So thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to The Next Reel. We appreciate your time and attention, and we hope you enjoy the show. It's it's like Sim Farm, you know? Okay. Like farm Farm Sim, Sim Farm. Uh-huh. So you can pretend like it's got all like John Deere tractor stuff. And so you can get that. That's a game. That's a real thing. <laughs> uh, awesome. Which is, I don't know if that's... Any better than Sim Ant? I had that. that. Was the best. I had that. That was pretty good, actually. That was pretty good. Just, just get to the house. Get to the house. <laughs> Um, so there's, but this is, this is tractor DJ It's a DJ thing. So you load up your, it loads up your, it it does all the beat analysis of all the songs that you have in your iOS like music library. And then it tells you, you can load up, you know, two tracks at a time and you can fade back and forth and you can add effects like delay and flange and, and, uh, echo and, and, uh, uh, and then it, it matches the beats. If they're, if they're pretty close, it sounds really great. And then you can record out your own mixes and i have been a dj like all day son all day that's awesome and i'm doing i'm like djing the the worst songs because my library doesn't have a lot of you know (laughs) kind of tracks to it and (laughs) i need i need more of those you know (laughs) you know those. those right right you know like i don't know where where the where the kids go to you know do stuff.
1: You take that one and run with it. <laughs> I got it. I derailed.
0: Let's talk about you now. How are you? I'm good. I'm yeah? good. It's been yeah. it's, it's been busy. Yeah, busy week. It has been. It's been a busy yeah. week. Are you feeling strong?
1: I am feeling Let's uh, talk about more more importantly, are
0: you are you feeling healthy?
1: I am. Yes. I feel healthy and uh I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. <laughs> Little steps. In case I don't see ya. Little steps out of the Baby door. Baby steps
0: out of the door. Baby steps to the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. All right. So about, are, do, you're all good. Everything's everything's peachy. Right? Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. No, I, I, everything's feeling strong. Good. I like being strong. It's, it feels good. I need to get back to the gym. That's that's the thing I haven't quite done yet.
1: I've started going to the gym.
0: Have you really? Congratulations. Yeah. How you, are you are you losing some weight already? Have you you shed a few pounds?
1: I I am. If I could manage to not enjoy food so much, I would probably shed shed more pounds. That's a problem.
0: Portion control. Portion control.
1: I know. Can
0: we, uh, you know, um, you should do the, you should tell people about us.
1: So, yeah. So, welcome to the next Reel everybody, everybody out there in uh, in podcast land. Uh, we like to talk about movies, and not only do we like to talk about movies, we like to talk about it from first base all the way to home plate. We cover the gamut of everything in a movie. We talk about one movie each week and, and really leave nothing uh, off. So make sure you watch the movie before we start talking about it and we talk about a lot of old movies so we figure that it's okay to spoil those and so but definitely enjoy uh uh listening in you can find us on our website at thenextreel.com and you can listen to the show there you can find us on iTunes and subscribe there and if you do head over to iTunes it would be great if you could throw us a a five star rating and leave us a review that's it does help people find us and you know we're always looking to get some new listeners um, you can also find us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Next If you want to uh, receive updates, you can uh, click like and uh, you'll be getting all those updates from us. You can also leave us a message at 657-201-7335. That's 657-201-REEL. Leave us a message and you know what? You just might hear yourself on the air. And always feel free to shoot us an email at show at and you can find us over on uh, Twitter at The Next Reel.
0: And you can listen live. And that's, that's right. We're, now, we're broadcasting live right now. And if you good. go to com slash live, and if you can figure out the cockamamie thing I have posted up there, <laughs> good, good luck and Godspeed, people. Uh, I, well, you can listen live if you can figure it out. Uh, <laughs> we'll make that cleaner eventually. Still testing. It's a challenge. It's a it's a test. It is. It's a test. It's a big. Right. It's a big test.
1: All right. Let's, so let's talk trailers. I saw a wonderfully funny trailer this week called "It's a Disaster." Priceless. I've, yeah. It's it is priceless. It, the trailer is not a disaster, even if the movie is. Uh, it, it, it is an absolutely hilarious, uh, you know, story about four couples who meet for Sunday brunch only to discover that they are stuck in a house together as the world may be about to end. <laughs> it it has a very uncomfortable look as these people are dealing with hanging out with each other. There are four couples who, you know, there's there's issues and we get the issues and people are dealing with issues and then they find out that the world may be about to end.
0: I love this trailer. I absolutely I found myself I <laughs> like it's just great. Uh and I most I think it I'm most excited about this trailer because of the fantastic David Cross. Yes. Um, who is Tobias Funke from Arrested Development. Uh he's a never nude. <laughs> And uh, he's also, he's got a, you know, he, he did, he's a crane in Kung Fu Panda. You know, he's got, he's definitely has some.
1: Uh, he was uh, in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Eternal Mind.
0: Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He was in, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked. His, uh, all great of them, fame. actually. Yes, all of them. All of them. Yeah. I, I haven't seen them all. I, I don't celebrate the entire catalog, but. You know, close enough. Uh, anyway, it is. He is also the voice of Minion in uh, Megamind. That's right. Uh, but he, you know, so he's got all these things. But this is this is like a David Cross film. Like it's he is a uh, he's just like a big part where you get to see him as a character actor on on the big screen, and I love that. He is hysterically funny, and I can't wait to uh, can't wait to see this film.
1: Yeah, I can't either. Todd Berger is uh, directing it. It looks like he may have run into uh, David Cross from uh, it looks like he directed uh, a, a, uh, the short Kung Fu Panda episode, Secrets of the Masters, which I believe was something that uh, actually, no, he acted in it. Excuse me. He, he played rabbit and the pig server. So uh, he may have met him in the world of the panda.
0: You know, this movie reminds me of I think you're going to hate me for this. It reminds me of uh, The Last Supper.
1: Remember that as, as, as in the, the, uh, the biblical.
0: No, no. The, the, uh, Ron, uh, Ron Eldard, uh, it was, uh, the Stacey title directed Ron, Ed, uh, Eldard and Cameron Diaz and Annabeth
1: Gish. And, oh, um, it doesn't remind me of that at all, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, it reminds me of that. Except re- for,
0: except for more crazy. It's got more crazy.
1: Definitely has crazy. You know, it reminds me of a, um, what's that um, Luis Buñuel film? Um, Is it it the Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie or one of those films? It might be The Exterminating Angel. One of those where a group of guests go to a house. Yeah, it's The Exterminating Angel. The guests at an upper class dinner party find themselves unable to leave. And in that film, it's the, you know they just are unable to leave because they're just unable to. They can't ever seem to quite make <laughs> it to the door, and it just goes on and on and on. And it just you watch this, you know, all of the upper class uh, rules and everything all just kind of crumble. This it does kind of have that sense of these this these four couples struggling with <laughs> you know, the awkward the awkward conversations at this uh, brunch. Only to realize once they've had these conversations, now they can't actually leave and they have to just stay with each other. So it looks pretty fun.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Makes me, you know what you said, Luis Buñuel, you know, of course, what I'm thinking about.
1: Uh, I don't. What are you thinking about? I'm thinking about Debaser. Which is
0: Debaser. Debaser is a song by the Pixies. Okay. (laughs) Right? Do you know it? I don't know it. Got me a movie I want you to know. Slicing up eyeballs, I want you to. You got it yet? Okay. <laughs> but I am an chien. I'm Lucia,
1: Wanna <laughs> grow. Right? That's right. Yeah. Luis Buñuel. That's Buñuel. That's right. <sighs> Very I, surreal guy. I, 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 I don't know that song. I'm going to have to listen to more. You Pixies. should
0: totally listen to that song. It's fantastic. God,
1: yeah. I love the Pixies.
0: You just learn, People just learn something about me right now. Just this right. second. I'm a big right. Pixies fan. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. So I got a trailer.
1: That's right. What's yours?
0: We, well, we've already sort of talked about this movie, and it's it's out in Italy. Uh, it opened in December in Italy, and I'm very frustrated that it's not here yet. It's the company you keep. Robert Redford's new film, written by uh, Lem Dobbs. Robert Redford directs and stars with Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Le Shia Le Fleur. Uh, and, uh, I mean, the cast is stunning in this yeah, film. It's... This is, this is what Robert Redford gets, right? This is because yeah. he's epic. And so we've got uh, Shia LaBeouf, who is, uh, really lucky to be in this film Yeah, uh, with some of these people, Julie Christie, Sam Elliott, Jackie Avancho, Brendan Gleason, the fantastic Terrence Howard, uh, Anna Kendrick, I, T- totally loving Andy Kendrick she's a, uh-huh. uh, adorable uh, and Nick Nolte Chris Cooper Susan Sarandon and Stanley Tucci
1: and Who? did you say Britt Marley
0: I did I, you know I skipped I think I skipped Britt Marley so yeah Britt Marley I mean this cast is crazy
1: uh,
0: stacked in favor of this film being awesome so I'm very excited about it not only that it uh, it was written by it was based on the, the novel by uh, Neil Gordon written by or adapted by Lem Dobbs and uh we know and love lem dobbs from uh a number of films most prominent for me dark city
1: yeah uh, definitely which was
0: a fantastic film yeah uh so it's it, this is a uh, this is one of those prometheus effect films i, I don't know i don't know if we, I, I i don't know
1: i'm hoping it will uh live up to it you know it's yeah. uh redford hasn't really Uh, hit it out of the park in a while with his films that he uh, his directorial uh, efforts the one what was the last one he did was the lincoln film right the um uh it was uh what was that called about kind of like the trial after lincoln
0: uh, well as a director
1: the conspirator that came out a couple years ago yes yeah yeah and then Lions for Lambs, Before that, uh, right. Legend of Bagger Vance, uh, you know, I I think that one had it, you know, it kind of was okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah but, just, but look
0: just... at, I mean, what he did before that. Ordinary People, Milagro, Beanfield, War, River Runs Through It, Quiz Show, Horse Whisperer, then yeah. Bagger Vance. So right. kind of the 80s to 2000 were fantastic for him. And then he became, uh, you know, Lions for Lambs and The Conspirator, the sort of movement films. Right. And um, kind of lost some momentum
1: he seems he's really kind of pushing his political uh yeah. spins on things now it seems so i'm hoping the company you keep doesn't just turn into a uh, a, you know, some sort of political spin that he's trying to put onto the story, but I hope it really is just a great story. Well,
0: I think it's going to be hard to do that because it is a it, it is a political film. It's a you know yeah. a, w- about the weather underground. Uh, you know, decades later, and and um, so it's a political film, and it's a it's a film about prosecution. You know, sort of American prosecution and and um, lives that get turned upside upside down. But like you said, I mean, I hope this this remains a a, a character film. And yeah. and not a not so much a political film.
1: Absolutely. Still
0: loving loving Robert Redford. Very, very excited for this film. Uh new trailer uh hit this
1: week. Yes. Yeah. Here, here.
0: That's all I've got. righty. All right. So what are we going to talk about tonight?
1: We got a new series, right? That's right. We finished up our John Houston series. And now we're going to do a little short, a wee little series. Aye. We're going to just do a short, but it's really a continuation of a series we did last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we yeah, do. We... It's about this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spring training's just getting underway. Yeah, yeah. It's time for some baseball. I love it.
0: You know, um, so what? What were the films we did last year for baseball? We did *The Natural*.
1: We uh, did two Kevin Costner uh, films that you really loved.
0: Two. Uh, I, well, I like to call that it was a mini series uh, that I call the two by two by four series. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. You I really... still, do you know, a year hasn't softened my opinion of uh, Kevin Costner's uh, acting.
1: <laughs> uh, I was thinking uh, that there might be a little no. a little softening going on.
0: But, uh, no, sir.
1: No, you just really didn't dig uh, it. Well, no, oh, well, what are you going to do? And then, and then so it's Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, yeah. and Major League.
0: Great baseball films of their own right. But I'm going to tell you, uh, for, to me, they're just movies. Right, uh, the natural actually gets me in that sort of emotional spot, but uh, you know, speaking of speaking of our man Redford, but this movie Moneyball, mm-hmm. I I was obsessed with baseball for. I mean, this movie gets me really jazzed about it. I don't yep. know what it is. I this is of the set. I can't believe we didn't do Moneyball last year. Well, I
1: it was eighties baseball in last. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. So we had a. We have standards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love, 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 love this movie. It is, it is fallen in line with to me, uh, for me, it's like up there with Ronan as the movie I can put on
1: any time. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, it's
0: just, I, I love it. Am I crazy?
1: It's it's a fantastic film. I I don't think I love it quite as much as you love it, but it's definitely up in my top films. I think it was a a stellar film, uh told well, made well, written well, performed well, a fascinating story, and I think they found the right way to tell it, and it really is uh, an amazing feat.
0: An amazing feat. So the movie the movie itself uh, uh directed by uh Bennett Miller, mm. uh who uh doesn't have much uh under his belt
1: no he did do uh capote a few yep, years yep. before this and did a which uh, was
0: which i thought was outstanding
1: yeah and i think that's the film that really kind of put him on the map you know he really um just it was it was a great film for him to make and you know he uh is a a a person who grew up with Philip Seymour Hoffman. They've known each other since they were kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with Dan Futterman, uh, who's a writer and they all, all three of them have kind of grown. And, you know, I, I, I'd like to say that Dan, uh, Bennett Miller was able to essentially kind of come into his own. It took a, a little longer than Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he really did find his way and, and started making uh, some some great films. He does. He's done some some good stuff. So I I, I quite enjoy his. Work. Have you? Did you see the cruise? You know, I didn't see the cruise, and it, I, I wasn't don't know one, much about it.
0: Didn't this one? This was on the uh, the 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 New York City tour bus tour guide. Uh, uh, speed. Ah, uh, just look. This Timothy Speed Levitch.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the documentary, right? Yeah,
0: Timothy, uh, and, and then Speed Levitch explains it all. And I, is this the thing? There was a it wasn't. Isn't there a TV show on like A and E or something about this guy now?
1: It, uh, yeah, there's the. Yeah. Um, uh, it, uh, does it have Speed in it? It does, doesn't it? Oh,
0: man. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Movie, uh, up it, to I, speed. Up the, to uh, speed. Up to speed. Yep. Right, 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 and so uh, you can learn more about that at uh, here it is Speed Levitch Online, and uh, so I, I think that's the documentary that sort of launched this guy. Um, I haven't, I haven't actually seen any of the shows, but the you know um, the commercials look funny.
1: Yeah, and you, uh, there's full episodes of it online you can watch. So have you have you
0: ever watched any of it?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't. I haven't. I I watched the trailer. It's pretty wacky, and uh, it definitely I think would be a very enjoyable watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so anyway, so this book or this, this uh, movie directed by Ben Miller, uh, man, I think this guy's going to end up making some just classic, classic film. I think we're going to be talking about this and in, in Capote in 20 years. Absolutely. Um, fantastic. So it was written by uh, Steve Zalian and uh, Aaron Sorkin, adapted from Michael Lewis's book, Moneyball, 2003. Have you uh, Have you read this book?
1: I have not read the book. Uh it's one of those books that I definitely want to kind of get in my queue and and uh, and read one of these days. I just uh, you know there's yeah. a lot in front of it.
0: There uh, you know the thing about the book is that and this is you you said it, it it's not a book that you read and think wow uh this should be a movie. Right. Right? This is a it's a book that really sort of uncovers um you know the the statistics behind this sort of new way of thinking about about stacking a team and uh it's it, it's i think michael lewis's writing is fantastic is fantastic um you know he's got some fan some uh, you know his books uh, the new new thing i think was the first book i read of his uh, which was great liars poker the big short um uh And then Moneyball, the art of winning an unfair game um it it 's not a book that you would intuitively say, "Gosh, I need to see this on the big screen and so I think the way they tackled this uh this film to really dig into the behind the scenes story and to really capture the drama that goes on every time Billy Bean turns the t v off mm-hmm. um, is it it's, it found it you know it just weaves away into my heart uh you know, I just am I'm very touched by how they approach this film.
1: Well it's you know it's fascinating because the nature of Moneyball, this this science that they came up with uh to kind of you know this sabermetrics is another term for it. This the way that they use the statistics, the, the um what is it, the the um the statistic of of uh getting to base, basically, right? Right, right. A- and using that and nothing else to determine how to uh, build your team um is a fa- fascinating look and really kind of a, a, a heretical look in the world of baseball as really far as how to how to make a team work and what was really good about baseball in it it turned a lot of heads it made a lot of people angry it really uh created a lot of contention and uh, and, and also just a lot of people kind of shaking their heads thinking that uh, you know, this, Billy Bean had essentially lost it and was going to be uh, fired as soon as this whole thing was over, his uh, right. little experiment. But it it became something that really almost set a new standard in the world of baseball. Once people realize that there's something to the statistics and, you know, listening to them uh, talk about baseball, I was ta- listening to Billy Bean on the, the Blu-ray uh, talking about baseball and how Yes, it's changed baseball, and and probably every team is using a form of it now, but they've all kind of gone a step farther and in realizing how important these statistics can be. And it, essentially, they're all coming up with their own little tweaks to the system to come up with their own thing that they think, okay, well, this is our system, and it's going to work. And they all have their own little game now. But essentially, it's become kind of a standard, and it's really interesting. And the other thing I find interesting about it is how... Just going by the system alone it it almost can't work, and that's what I really like about the film, how it explores how how amazing it can work. You see this 20, 20 game winning streak where they have, which is just unprecedented. but then uh you also have this this uh, this amazing hit by uh what is it? at the end, which is completely unexpected. And that is, as, as Billy says, you got to love baseball or whatever he says at the end. It's like unexpected things happen. And it's those magic moments that you can't predict. And that's you've got to find a way to blend those two together. And that really is what makes baseball something that's special.
0: Well, I think it is. I think there's another piece, uh, you know, earlier in the in the film as we uh, that that really addresses this issue of of trust and fidelity. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and faith uh, in. Those who are supposed to know better, uh, they make a big deal about, um, it, you know, about these old guys, the scouts, uh, and the role that they play in building a team, that they are the ones who sort of hold the overall kind of the keys to the castle in terms of
1: building a star team. I think and, they're the same guys who, who run the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of heretical... <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, you get to go to Dark Place for that—a a bunch a, of old white guys. A bunch of old, but well, exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, and and so we get to see them challenged by upstart statistician and economist uh, Peter Brand, Jonah Hill's character, and uh, and Billy Bean, who has given over his faith to this new way of looking at the business of baseball. And um, the I I think the um man the collective challenge that comes from that room is is so powerful to me the just sort of seething anger that grows over the course of the first half of the film, and the relationship with uh of course um uh, oh man Capote. Yeah. Uh the the uh, coach, the, the coach,
1: Seymour, yeah, Philip
0: Seymour, Phil Seymour Hoffman. Uh, the relationship with Philip like Seymour Hoffman, half, who right. feels like he, you know, he has, uh, you know, full run of the uh, uh, of the team, and he's going to do with the team what he sees fit, and does not trust the system, and that conflict, I think, that underlying conflict is is uh, almost. Sort of more palpable, more interesting to watch, I think, than the game on the field. Uh, and I think that that balance is such a new way of looking at baseball movies um, that I found it uh, I found it really compelling.
1: Yeah, it it is fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And like you said, it's based on a nonfiction book and finding a way to adapt that. I mean, it took a long time. This book was written in, I believe, two thousand three. Um, yes. Uh, Columbia bought the rights to it, and they had Stan Turvin come on to adapt it. He uh, adapted it. He did a few initial drafts of the script, uh, very different from what you see as the final film. I mean, I was just looking at the script, and it actually it ends. I mean, the film as it is right now ends. It's a pretty heartbreaking ending. You know, he's made. You know, they've they've gotten close and then he's offered this amazing job at uh, in Boston he turns it down because he doesn't want to make any decisions on money and then you see him driving away listening to his daughter uh singing this song on a CD she made for him and he's essentially kind of like breaking down and having a really hard time with his decisions and just everything right right in the in the first script that uh or the first you know or last script that Stan Turven actually wrote that I have a, a a version here where it ends at the end of the game and you see uh, everybody come, you know, he Billy's like, I finally found where I belong uh, because he stays and all of the team come around him. They It says one by one, every ace player in the clubhouse walks up to Billy. They shake his hand, hug him or slap him on the back. Hold on. Billy surrounded, embraced, engulfed by his team. It's it's a much different look at the story. and And you can see how many different directions they could have gone. To write this story coming from a completely just a nonfiction book about it. And this, you know, Brad Pitt signed on. And after he did, Stan Churvin dropped out. Uh, Steve Zalin came on to work on it. Uh, and at, and
0: uh, note, Soderbergh was supposed to direct this.
1: And David Frankel was going to direct it. And then he dropped out. And st- yeah, and Soderbergh came on. And he and Brad Pitt have worked together in the past. And so I think there was some uh, connection there. And Soderberg really. I, th- you know, he has a quote here. I think we have, a uh, as far as like how you make uh, the a book about statistics entertaining, he said, I think we have a way in making it visual and making it funny. I want it to be really funny and entertaining. And I want you to not realize how much information is being thrown at you because you're having fun. We found a couple of ideas on how to bust the form a bit in order to take all that information to reach you in a way that's a little oblique. And I think they kind of liked that. But as it continued to develop... I think they realized that it was not going to work. And this was a big thing because I remember they were actually going to shoot some of this here in Phoenix. And, and I remember that they had started scouting and all that. And a couple days before they were going to start filming, the head of Sony decided that the direction that Soderbergh was taking this film was not the direction they wanted to go. And just a couple days while they're in pre-production, they put the film on hold and it was it was cuz it was just kind of a non-traditional sports movie they just weren't really thinking it was going to work and that's when they basically got rid of Soderberg and brought Ben and Miller on to replace it and brought Aaron Sorkin on to work on the script So it was, it was a long, hard road to get to the film that, that they did. But when you're making a film based on a nonfiction book about baseball statistics, (laughs) you can see why it would be a challenge. Uh, and I, you know, I think they brought the right people on Zaylin and, uh, and, um, who did I just say? And, uh um Sorkin Sorkin thank you completely spaced it did an amazing job not necessarily working together but Sorkin did a great job of of working on Zalian's script and really bringing out all the best in the comedy but also the pathos and it, it really is an amazing story about this man who is struggling to buck the system because he's in an unfair position right. you know he's he's in a very frustrating position as one of the 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 lowest funded baseball teams out there you know they had uh something like 35 million or somewhere in somewhere in the 40 million dollar range for their budget fighting like the Yankees that had 120 million dollars yeah you can see why he was trying to buck the system and find a new way to approach things
0: it's it, you know that that's the the great line uh, billy beans great line there are rich teams and then there are poor teams then there's 50 feet of crap and then there's us and uh that uh it, you know i think that sentiment really it, uh, highlights kind of where he feels like he is at the very bottom of the barrel and uh, and, and and yet doesn't it, it i i find it so interesting that there's such a sense of uh, resignation in that. Everybody around him has already accepted the reality that they are, their team is below 50 feet of crap. But as long as people keep coming to buy hot dogs and see the games, that's going to be okay. Their place is going to be here in this game. It's not going to be a winning team uh, and we're just going to do the best we we can with what we got. And Billy Bean is the one who sort of carries a torch for we can do something different and we can be better. And I, I, that's a, that's a great journey.
1: It is. It really is. It's, it's a, a fascinating journey and it's, and it's, and it's interesting that, you know, that came off of a year right before where they did really well. They had a great year, but because they didn't have the money, they couldn't keep the players who were really excelling. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Oh, okay. So we, so we like this movie, uh, where, let's talk about Jonah Hill. Can we talk about Jonah Hill?
1: Yeah, you know, I never liked Jonah Hill. <laughs> I I never liked Jonah why Hill. You gotta, un- why you got to why you got to hate until this movie. I was building to
0: that. Oh, all right. I was building.
1: I I just I never connected with him. He's one of those actors who had a hard time kind of connecting but you, with him. You you love
0: 21 Jump Street.
1: I said until this movie which came out okay but what about before.
0: uh what about uh super bad
1: you didn't like super bad i really wasn't into super bad i loved super bad i thought that was a great movie yeah i couldn't get into it i mean he had been in in things that that you know i mean you know i, I i'm just looking through the list here there's not a lot of films i i liked him in 40 year old virgin in his bit part Yep. you know, I liked that. I I really wasn't a fan of Knocked Up, so I didn't like that uh, super bad. I didn't really like that. Uh, Horton hears a who. I liked that, but you know, he's uh, you know a little animated thing. And uh, gosh, <laughs> I'm just looking through his list. And then all of a sudden, it's 2000... like you don't
0: like Seth Rogen either. I bet. Uh, no, because it's all those those Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen kind of. I, I don't I
1: don't like him. uh, (laughs) don't answer so quickly but then 2010 came along okay okay i take it back so cyrus i really liked cyrus
0: night at the museum
1: i really liked (laughs) cyrus (laughs) (laughs) cyrus was a fantastic film and how to train your dragon even though i don't i i can't attribute him any quality of him to any of these animated movies he was in. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. but, and then Moneyball, which completely floored me. I never saw that coming out of him. Yeah. And, Dude can and act. Yeah, it really was a revelation to see him in a role like that where he was so awkward, uh, smart, interested, and fascinated by baseball. And uh, just... But he was he was in his element, even though he was always awkward around everything else or anywhere. And I really enjoyed him in the film. And I am so glad he did it, because I don't know if I would have gone to see 21 Jump Street otherwise. <laughs> and I would have been so sad to have missed that. <laughs> I,
0: I actually still haven't seen that. That's on my oh, list. You need to watch it. it.
1: You just need to watch it. <laughs> you stop right now. Go watch it. Okay, and, we'll, and we'll come like, back. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm just going to leave the live, the live yeah, stream. Yeah, our live right.
1: audience can listen to you watch it.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought his portrayal as Peter Brand, like you said, I mean, it was just, um, um, it was surprising. It was, I, I mean, talk about out of <laughs> left field, uh, <laughs> so to speak. It was so restrained. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there was a restraint that I didn't, I, I had never really sort of felt he was capable of as an actor. I mean, it just, this was, this was a new side of Jonah Hill. And I, I, you know, I love his, his comedy stuff. I think it's fantastic. But I am f- vastly, far and away, more interested in what comes next for him as a dramatic actor. Um, he's, he's got, um, in terms of sort of best new talent uh he's got a whole lot of stuff coming up yeah you know, he's in Django unchained
1: yeah and and <laughs> I, one of my least favorite parts of that film <laughs> baghead well, number two yeah
0: uh wolf of wall street uh good time gang twenty one jump street two mm-hmm. uh a true story and rumored zoolander two
1: would it be would it be twenty two jump street
0: no forty two <laughs> 42 Jump Street. <laughs> 42 Leap Avenue.
1: That's right. <laughs> um
0: so I you know I I I think he's he, you know and and I also th- think that uh Brad Pitt was uh man I thought he was a shoe in for best actor. Um and and yet I still think Jonah Hill was this was probably the strongest part of this film.
1: Jonah Hill really really was great and uh he definitely, you know, I I was really surprised to say it, but yeah, he definitely deserved an academy award nomination for it. Yeah. He was he was a revelation and uh I really really enjoyed him in the film. He lost to Christopher Plummer and I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Plummer was great. And yeah. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt lost to Jean Dujardin in The Artist and as much as I enjoyed that I, I, I feel like I'm, honestly, I was pretty happy with all of the actors that year and I would have been happy with any of them. I think they're all so good. Yes. That's Brad Pitt, Gary Oldman and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy George Clooney and the Descendants, and Demian Bashir in a Better Life.
0: No, wait a minute. Who won for who won for best actor over Jean, Pitt? John yeah, you know, for, right, right, right. for the artist. Right, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I'm with you. I mean I I, uh, I enjoyed The Artist, but it's not a movie I'm gonna put on again.
1: Yeah. Did you know that Jonah Hill is the son of a tour accountant for Guns N' Roses?
0: <laughs> I did know that. I did not know that before this afternoon. That's right. That is uh great. Yeah. Great trivia. Well done well done. <laughs> uh the movie did um uh, movie did pretty pretty darn well.
1: Yeah, it did. It cost fifty million. Um, and then with twenty uh,
0: twenty five million of that was before they even started shooting, just trying to figure out who the heck's gonna be in
1: it. That's right. A lot of development. Yeah. A lot of development on this. And then it the Princeton advertising budget was eighty or another thirty five. So total budget eighty five million. Domestically it grossed seventy five million, but uh then worldwide it it uh made its money back uh, elsewhere. A total worldwide gross was uh, about $111 So, yeah, it did pretty well for itself. And obviously, it got a number of uh, uh, other Oscar nominations, right? Yes. Uh, Jonah Hill, like we said, and Brad Pitt both were uh, nominated for their performances. It was also nominated for uh, Best Picture, which it certainly deserved that nomination. And it was nominated for, uh, let's see, Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. Best Adapted Screenplay, right, by uh, Sorkin and Zalian with Stan in Story. Best Sound Mixing, which is great. And uh, uh, Best Film Editing by Christopher Tellefson. So, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed to see that it was not nominated for Best Cinematography because I thought Wally Fister's Cinematography in this and i i don't know if i just didn't notice it before but i could not get over how gorgeous it was i mean constantly just the the composition of the shots everything going on was just so beautiful it was a beautifully beautifully shot baseball film
0: you know what i think is so interesting about that it, and it, it, you know in so far as this film is such a celebration of um you know the statistics kind of the behind the scenes mm-hmm. stuff um it, the cinematography really celebrates in, in that same vein uh, the mechanics of the facilities, right? I mean, we, I feel like at the end of this film, I belong in those dirty, you know, cinder block, painted cinder block hallways. And uh, that <laughs> crowded room with the whiteboard, uh, you know, where all the scouts sit. And I, I just felt very much at home uh, under the uh, the stadium, Uh, Which I I thought was—that's a a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to capture that you know that experience and to make it. Appealing, and I think he really he really did that insofar as the beautiful green fields and the beautiful I mean the the gorgeous sort of I, I mean how hard is it to turn your camera on on a uh, you know on a a beautiful baseball stadium and and not right. make it look great I I think really where he shines is is in the little movements uh, yeah. you know and the behind the scenes stuff he originally was not um was not slated to um uh, uh, do the cinematography on this film it was originally Adam Kimmel uh, yeah. who, uh, was, uh, who had already, uh, started Adam, uh, did the, uh, cinematography for Capote and has been around for a long, long time, uh, but <laughs> was arrested, um, uh, it, for, uh, sexual assault and weapons and explosive charges, uh, possession charges. And so he was replaced by Wally Fister at the last minute.
1: That's uh, usually not a good thing to do.
0: No. no, you know, I mean, maybe any one of those things. But all three,
1: (laughs) yeah, he's yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, not even one of those things. That was a joke. joke, Not even one.
1: Yeah, but you know, um, I I did like what Wally Fisher did, and it's interesting you brought up the kind of that real world feel. That's something I I, catches my eye every time I watch the film is when when Billy is driving around, we're always kind of focusing on all of the industrial cranes and everything that's kind of out the window of his car, yeah. which is the area, I guess where their, their, uh, stadium must be. But it's just, it, there's something about that that feels like we're always kind of seeing kind of the gritty, uh, behind the scenes of how things work. Right. Yes. And I, I find, found that a really interesting element that, uh, Fister and Bennett Miller uh, incorporated into the film, even at the end when he's driving away, and, and you keep kind of focusing on these cranes in the background, just like how things are built. But there's so much more to just how things are built, and this battle between the two. And I, I just really found that an interesting element to the cinematography.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, by again, by the same token, when you're looking at sort of the that industrial area, it makes it it makes it feel lush like uh, like billy bean's place in his in the car in that space so belongs uh to the to the overall landscape uh like they're in they're inseparable
1: yeah absolutely
0: uh, that's a that's definitely a, a gift of this film
1: yeah you know i worked with wally Fister.
0: no you didn't you're making that up
1: I worked with him on a commercial, a series of commercials that he did. He came and shot in Arizona and I worked on it. It was, a, it was an insurance company commercial and instead of talking about young people and how they would use their, insu- or why their insurance is important, it was a series of commercials that he did celebrating people who were over 100 years old and why insurance was had been important you know, so long in their lives. And it was a really fascinating uh, series of commercials that he ended up directing. Very beautiful. And actually, it was really fun talking to the 100-year-old guy that we were uh, interviewing. We you know, <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah, it was pretty fun. So Wally Pfister, uh yeah, he uh, was a very nice guy and uh, made some great commercials. Huh. Yeah,
0: That's very cool.
1: And there you go. And, wow. you know, I, I worked with someone else in this film.
0: Do Do tell. Hey, you're on a roll. Chris Pratt
1: oh okay who who we uh you know I, I don't know if we talked about him, but no, I not think yet. We did it in our zero dark thirty episode,
0: oh well, of course, that's when we would have talked about him, that's right,
1: that's right, but yeah, he uh was in a uh a film that I worked on, I can't say it was a good film, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, take me home tonight, the uh Topher grace film that uh we actually worked on it in two thousand seven. And it was released in 2011, the same uh-huh. year as Moneyball. Really bad film. And I don't recommend people watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was quite the, the twit. He was, he was a young twit. And so I'm, he, I'm glad to see that he's grown into somebody more than a twit.
0: What, so you mean in real life he was a twit? You're actually, in real life he was a twit. But he's, you, th- you think now that he's better. He's healed. Recovered.
1: You know, I I I have to think so because I you know he's 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 making a lot of good decisions now, and he's in a lot of uh, you know great things, and uh, you know, and he's married to the lovely Anna Ferris, who he met on Take Me Home Tonight. <laughs>
0: yeah, they did the proposition segment in movie forty
1: three. <laughs> You know, there you go. We almost talked about he
0: that played, one. He uh, played he played Scott Hedberg in this movie, and uh, and I think you're right. I mean, I think he he did a great job in this film. One of the interesting things, you know, you talked about the baseball players in this film. They were originally when it was a Soderbergh um, property, uh, it, they all the baseball players were going to be played by the baseball players, mm-hmm. and uh, when Bennett uh, uh, Bennett uh, comes on, they they change their uh, change their mind. Yeah, uh, and uh, he ended up hiring actors.
1: Well, and, uh, there are still might... a
0: lot of self performances in this film. A lot of the scouts, um, but most of the baseball players are actors,
1: and a lot of them are like former baseball players. And here's another interesting little anecdote, because <laughs> I'm just full of them right now. <laughs> the uh, my wife and I went and saw this opening night, and uh, up here in uh, in uh, Surprise, Arizona. And we watch the film and we really love the film. And as we're leaving, there is a mob at the exit, and we can't get out. We're like, what is going on? We're trying to get out, we kind of weasel our way around this crowd, and they're all around this this guy who's talking, and we kind of because we have to go so slowly to get through the crowd, we're hearing what he's saying. He was in the film, he was one of the baseball players and he's like a local coach here at one of the schools in Surprise. His name's Darren <laughs> Darren Ebert. He played um Mike Mag- Magnanti. He's the one who wears the leg braces and gets fired or gets let go.
0: <laughs> How cool is that?
1: I know. And look I was at you. Like, oh, look at that. He he coaches like little league out here or something. So so,
0: so there's there's a there strange, you go. You've strange got...
1: little tale. You're 3 for 3. I tell you. Phone. I tell you. Yeah. All okay, right,
0: all right. So, all right. so uh, what what else do we need to talk about with this movie?
1: Um, Robin Wright is as lovely as ever. We talked about uh, House of Cards last week. And yeah, I was going to say we didn't in that. But
0: We didn't talk about that last
1: week. We uh, didn't talk about her right, but uh, yeah, she's we pretty, pretty grim. She is. Uh, yeah, her part's a bit part in this. It's interesting little, uh, you know, tie in with Steven uh both of whom also worked with Fincher on uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Right. Here. Right. So,
0: um, yeah, uh, she, you know, she did a great, I think she's beautiful in this film. And, uh, I was thinking more house of cards. I how much would you love to be married to her in that movie?
1: I, I'm afraid of her.
0: I'm terrified <laughs> of her.
1: She's scary. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um,
0: yeah. Robin, Wright. So, uh, let's see Robin, Wright. We didn't, uh, we talked a little bit about Philip Seymour Hoffman.
1: Um, yeah. Who's uh, great in this. Obviously. was has been Miller before. So
0: good. Yeah. Um, Chris Pratt, Stephen Bishop, Reed Diamond, is Mark Shapiro. I, he's he's always fun to watch and really perfectly cast. It's like this is this he's he is that guy. He is a, a baseball GM.
1: Well, this is one of those films where everybody is so perfectly cast yeah. that uh, and I, I you know, speaking uh, of my lack of baseball knowledge, I'm like, wow, they got like everybody to play themselves. <laughs> uh, they cast it so well. I totally bought into everybody as their as a real
0: person. This could have been a documentary. I, I feel I, exactly the same. I I thought it was way. a documentary. Yeah. Absolutely,
1: um,
0: and uh, let's see. I, you know, yeah. I mean, so many of them, I, I don't know. Once you get down below, kind of the the A list uh, yeah. folks, I, there's so many of these people I don't know. But um, everybody uh, really makes a, they make a great film here. Uh, so we talked about the budget. We need to. We need to rank this puppy. Uh, do you have other stuff to talk about before we, we jump in?
1: While I get this ready, um, just one yeah. last little thing of uh, Spike Jones makes a little brief uh, uncredited cameo in this. Doing what? Did I miss it? He is Robin Wright's new husband.
0: Oh, of he's, course. He's alone. Alan, Right.
1: Oh, of course. Yep.
0: That's great. I, I have know. not made that connection at all. He's not a he's not a guy that uh looks like a Spike Jones, so I never, you know, I, I know. see him and I, <laughs> I think gosh, it's I don't he know. Look, He's anonymous.
1: He looks so unassuming. Yes. He? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. really is. All right. Let's rank it. Do it. Moneyball or The Dark Knight Rises. Moneyball. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, Maltese Falcon. Moneyball. Moneyball. Uh, all the President's Men. Uh, that's See, now we're getting into the tricky ones. Yeah,
0: that's tricky. I'm going to say All the President's Men.
1: I am too. I totally am too. Uh, Moneyball or The French Connection? French Connection. Interesting.
0: I was going to say Is money. it? Why? Why? Sell me.
1: I, 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 again, it's just the, the amazing uh, characters of the story, and this guy's struggle to battle uh, you know, the rigid 100-year-old traditions of baseball and, uh, and actually do something different.
0: I mean I like it, but um there is something about the the grit of Friedkin's uh French connection and of please uh Roy Scheider. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> you had me at Roy Scheider.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, our seventies fave. I oh.
0: I there is a lot of love there. A lot.
1: There is, there really. Right. Okay, here we go. Moneyball or hot fuzz. Moneyball. Ah, oh, man. You were gonna go hot fuzz? I totally it's this is my Ronin. <laughs> wow. This is the film that I can put in all the time.
0: It's it's the uh the gargoyle, man, when the head pops. <laughs> That's epic. I I, uh, you know, I could give you that. I guess I. It's just not. It, Hot Fuzz is not the movie of substance that Moneyball
1: is. It's not. You're right. If we're voting on substance, it's definitely Moneyball. So all what? right, I'll what? give you. <laughs> I'll give you Moneyball. Okay. Because you're right. It is definitely more substantial. Moneyball or when Harry Met Sally. Moneyball. Oh, see, I'm totally when Harry Met Sally. That one's just the the Nora Ephron dialogue in that one. Just... I'm wins me over everything. I time.
0: know, and I don't, I mean, no, I'm not saying that, that, uh, it's not a great, it's not a great film. I'm saying I'm a bit fatigued, uh, on, on, on it. I don't, I, I, I compare it to something, to something like Moneyball, and,
1: um, uh, you know what? I will give you Moneyball because of the Billy Crystal movie that he just had come out this past Christmas. <laughs> The, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever that is—that abysmal schlock that he was just in.
0: So you're giving that to me based on a movie that's totally
1: unrelated. I am only because it it sours uh, sours me with Billy Crystal a little bit. Parental guidance. Parental guidance. Thank you. Huh. You know, sometimes you see an actor do something that's just so bad, and it's just like, oh, It sours you and everything. For me, that was analyze this. Oh, see, I liked analyze this. Now analyze that.
0: No. <laughs> okay, so what's next?
1: Uh well, that was it. It's number Oh, 14. So where are we? Number, number 14. fourteen. Yeah, and 14 out of 74. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's that feels pretty good.
0: Yeah. yeah. It feels like it's in about the right place. I like how this is going. hmm This was a new thing, this flick chart thing. I like how this is going. Did we talk Did we tell people where to find our flick chart?
1: They can go to uh is it what's it? Flickchart.com slash the next reel.
0: I'm pretty sure that works, right?
1: I'm finding out right now. I think it does work. It we absolutely know this. works. It does.
0: Totally works. Yep. Excellent. So check us out, flickchart dot the next uh, flickchart.com slash the next reel. And uh you can see where we've ranked all of our films uh that we've talked about so far.
1: Yes. Anything yes.
0: anything else we've got to uh chat about?
1: I think we have hit absolutely everything. I, did so. too.
0: I yeah, feel good. Yeah. Uh nice uh nice chatting with you, Andrew. What are we doing? What are we doing next week? What's our this is another baseball thing?
1: It is another baseball thing. We're taking uh, it's not a big baseball series. I think we have a baseball series of two this time. Next week we're gonna do the Sandlot. The Sandlot. Yeah.
0: Man, that's I'm looking forward to
1: that one. That's one I only just discovered last year.
0: Yeah, And, and it's one that that totally belongs in the
1: in the collection.
0: Yeah. I like these, I because I think now this is this is this baseball series going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right,
0: all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. I'm I'm done talking to you. So I'm gonna sign off the uh, sign off the live stream, and I'm gonna wish you a, wish you a good night, Andy. I'm okay, gonna, man. I'm gonna tuck tuck you in tight. Don't let the bed oh, bugs oh. bite.
1: Only only if you go out singing. I'm just a little bit stuck in the middle. By Lenka.
0: I was going to say, I was going to sing uh, Hey Ya by Outkast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nothing? All right.
1: The, the soothing tones. The soothing of, tones of, of The soothing tones hey of
0: Outcast, The dulcet tones. Mm. Uh, followed up a little Black Eyed Peas. I can totally <laughs> rock the Black Eyed Peas.
1: I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a good night. I'm going to sleep well. <laughs>